Hello, friends. Welcome back. This is a Father's Day edition of Stacking Pennies, and I'm joined by my own dad, two-time Bush Series champion, Mr. Randy the Joy. Thank you for jumping back on Stacking Pennies. Thanks for having me. It's like Groundhog Day because I just introduced you 10 minutes ago, but that was on Wednesday. This, sir, is on <laughs> Sunday. And any dad that's listening, we appreciate y'all. Keep the good work because it is not easy. And I just wanted to get my old man on the show because sometimes we don't get along, but we never stop loving each other. At least we say that. Maybe not act like it. But we don't, I wanted to come talk about some cool old racing stories, bench race for a little bit. Bring it. You can show I was a d we have, I mean, I can go that direction or I can go happy direction. I mean, Which way you want to go dads first? Are oh, he's like, happy. Oh, correct. Yeah. Well, we well had, look where he's at. So he had to, he. No doubt. There's there, there very few percentage get where he's at today. Yeah. And and it's all Randy LaJoy's fault. No, 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 not even close. <laughs> I, I had a hand in it because, I mean, I, I just kind of did him the way I was did, you know, and. Apparently Albert not talk I'm sure he, he's going to do things with Levi that's going to be totally different than I did with him. As I, you know, same way as my dad with me. Uh, it's just, you know, we only learn what we're taught. And, and if you're not taught the right way, sometimes it's, uh, it takes you a while to get there. Well, I think it's so easy to, especially, you know, whether it's playing sports or driving race cars, driving race cars, <clears throat> there are, so many excuses to be made if you really want to make excuses because there are so many people that have their hand in the overall performance of the day. And, dude, I can't even count the amount of people, guys my age, that have had more money, better opportunities, and don't figure out how to play the game or own the responsibilities of what it takes to be a race car driver. And there's so many stories I can get into, whether it's the old man just crawling up my ass and chewing it because I didn't take responsibilities for something that I did or should have done or whatever. And it's that attitude that he instilled in me that allowed me to have a six-year cup career, right? Because, like, it wasn't that I had somebody paying the bill all the way to the top. That wasn't the case. It wasn't because, honestly and truly, I had the most natural driving talent because there's several guys that had more driving talent that couldn't cut it. You're as good as I've seen, so don't cut yourself off. No, and but pe people that know, know yeah. right at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, you're only as good as your last race. And last race, we finished 36, eight laps down. So that is that is what it is. But I also wouldn't be driving in the Cup Series for seven years if I didn't know what I was doing. So it does it does kind of speak for itself. But, like, some of my uh, uh, favorite stories, one of which I try to ask everybody that's on the show what, like, the a watershed moment of their driving career was of like one decision that if you'd have chose it, you'd have been doing something else. And you've heard the story cause you were all obviously there. We built this late model <clears throat> over the, over the winter, just me and Steve, -O, my high school buddy. Beautiful race car. And Le we, we spent three, four months building this thing and we're cutting the bolts down and you we didn't even paint the chassis cause we didn't want to add the six pounds of paint to it. Like it was that badass. We'd wipe it down WD 40 and keep it pristine. We pull this thing down, the body is all cocked on it, and it's like, ooh, this like this is a bad race car. Also, the first new race car he's ever bought for me in my entire life. And it was like, hey, this is the one shot that I will pay for you to have. Like, take it what you wish, but this is a good car. It's a good start. Sweet pop. Appreciate it. I think we were like, I was like 16. We were going to go race it at Rockingham was the first race. 
we pull it down, get it all dialed in. We load this thing up. Todd Bodine came Open with test. us. Open test. And Arca cars were there as well. But I think we were the only <laughs> one or two late models there. Yep. And this thing, we it unloads and it's badass, hauling ass. And I'm only like 80% trying to figure out the track and rocking him super fast, super bumpy and wore out. It's the biggest track I've ever been on to that point in time. Come back in, check for leaks. Nothing's rubbing. All right, let's go see what this bitch has really got. Go down a turn one nah, 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 on the chip, goes into the banking, the left rear hub comes off, it swaps in, driver sides in the fence, destroys it. Left front tire cleans that valve cover, carburetor off. It is destroyed. We actually had to borrow the rollback from the racetrack to get the thing home. Like it was destroyed. So we're there, uh, and we're trying to just figure out what was left of it, which was nothing. <clears throat> and I figured that was like the end of my driving career, which for all intents and purposes it was. Eddie Sharp was had an ARCA car at the test as well. He calls dad up a couple of days later. Hey, man, is your kid okay? That thing was fast. Yada, yada, yada. I've got the sister car to the chassis that they just built. If the kid wants to come up here and build it, he can go take it and run it. Just put it together, I was just, told. Yeah, just come you up gotta, here and put it together. Just got to put it together. So he's like, all right. And, it, you know, Randy LaJoy's way of saying anything. Uh, go up there and check out guys. Some guy's got a car or something for it. So I'm still in high school. I was, I think I was a senior maybe. Um, and I had enough credits. I was doing half days. So I would, I left school lunchtime, drove to Denver, North Carolina, which was like an hour. Get there. And it's like in, there's not one bolt on this thing. It's a bare chassis. He's got all the parts sitting there, just scattered, whatever. And it's three weeks before the race. Hey man, you know, here, here it is. If you want to do it, great. If not, no big deal. So I come home that night and dad's sitting there on the couch thumbing through channels and he's like well what did Eddie Sharp say I'm like dude it's impossible to get it done like there's no way it took us four months to build this car in the off season how we can get it done in three weeks he just doesn't even look at me he's like you want a fucking race or not (laughs) (laughs) didn't even look at me kept flipping channels and I was like yes so I go to bed go to school the next day drove up Every day, drove to Eddie Sharp's. I'd work till midnight, drive home, get up at six, go to school, drive, go there on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. We, And he had some guys that were working on the ARC car come help. Moral of the story is we get this thing done. We ended up qualifying third. We ended up winning the race. And that was like my first ever big win in a, in a big car. And uh, just from the just from the decision of just showing up and doing it, putting that thing together and taking the risk to go up there and do it. Uh, kind of like was one of those watershed decisions in my, in my path. Uh, just from him, if he just said anything else, he could have been like, all right, man, don't do it. And I've been like, all right, I'm not going to do it. But like him asking the question, do you want to race or not? Hell yeah. I want to race. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Daniel Suarez. But, um, you know, it's like as a dad, as a father, you also know it is your right to know what buttons to push because the buttons he could push for me were different than the buttons he was pushing for my brother. You know what I mean? So uh, it's interesting to watch two kids come out of the same spot and they're two different kids. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how can that be? Same spot, same mom. How's that work? <laughs> well, I'm not going to get into that out. too much, but uh, right. <laughs> he'll find out. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> uh, and that's amazing. fatherhood, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Right. So I, I got a couple. I've heard his side of the story for some of these. I guess the first one, which I think is hysterical, Tim Brown at Atlanta. Is that right, Corey? In the modified. In the modified, doing burnouts around his car. 
what what was Randy LaJoy's reaction to <laughs> to that moment? Well, we were I just had my hip replaced. So we drive down there. Uh, Eddie Gossage said, okay, I'll put you up in, up in uh, the suite up there and start finish line. Okay. Well, Larry Mack was in there. Mike Joy was in there because they just got done qualifying. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, now he's driving this. I'm going straight up top, and we're watching this. And Larry, uh, Mike Joy called the race. I mean, it was like I was back at Stafford watching, you know, my dad race. And it was Mike Joy calling the shot at Stafford. I was like, wow, he's calling the race. This is pretty cool. There's like 10 of us in there. And it was a great race. And he smoked Tim Brown. I mean, just – I mean, Tim Brown smoked himself. And that guy with so much experience, yeah. he stepped on it. Well, so. that was the peak of the Madhouse show, yes. too, and he had a bunch of fans in the stands. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he was, he was you know, he was Tim Brown, you know. Well, and, and Corey at the end, I mean, so, hell, I ain't jumping over no fences <laughs> to get down to Victor Lane. But when, when he did – and Brown, he tried wrecking them. He tra- he missed them, and he and he. And well, he, hang on to that point. So they had like the speed vision. What like what are those TVs in the infield? Called? Like the big, uh, yeah, like I, on pit behind pit wall. Yeah, yeah, I think it was speed vision back then. So my my radios didn't work. So the only way I could tell if he was going to hit me or not, I was going to driving down the start like the front straightaway, looking at the uh, TV and tell if he was like in my on my left for a quarter or like whenever I could see him getting ready to hit me, I would like let off the brakes and he would give me a bump and I would drive off. So I drove the last 25 laps looking at the TV every lap. That's what happened to Kyle Larson. I thought we lost a chili bowl. Yeah. Look, <laughs> yeah, those things can help you or they can hurt you. Yeah, that one there helped you. And when, when he got out of the car and then Tim Brown, he, he shook that thing at Tim Brown. I was like, ha And he's not a customer, so screw him. <laughs> uh, and the second one is when he ripped the nose off the car at Bowman Gray. He's told oh, us Jesus. a few times. Oh, no. Greatest we- show. I mean, it was the car didn't have a scratch on it. It didn't. I mean, it was a great show. We did a great job. I mean, we went up there and tested and, and got the car working really good. I mean, I, that's okay. I, I went down the car. As I always do, I go down and find a little spot and kind of do my thing and watch and look at other cars and see who's quick and got my stopwatch. And he's, I said, you guys are good. I said, man, my stopwatch, everything. you guys are good as long as your tire wear. Uh, and he put on a great show, and then he does a donut in the infield and destroys the freaking oh, just, front of the car. He it's was. Like, what he, in the heck? I mean, he had no damage. No damage to, to half the purse just went to fix the car. So, and then <laughs> we'll get into the ones everybody loves is the ones where Randy crawled up my ass, one of which, every, has anybody heard, everybody's heard the Michael Schumacher story, but I'll go ahead and tell it again because it's one of my favorite ones. Or my least favorite. So my first ever late model race, I was probably 15, and we rent, he rented a car from, uh, what was the guy's name, Moody? Um, yeah, Richard Moody. Still racing. Richard Moody, big-time guy up in the Northeast. Uh, Championship owners. Brings Good it cars. down. Right. I had, a, I had one car. He had a uh, – He had an open car. You had a crate car. I had a crate car. And which would crate have been cars the, just started to come in. And uh, yeah. it, was the, it was the hot ticket. So we were really good in practice, second, third, fourth. Didn't know what the hell I was doing. Still don't sometimes, but I really didn't know what I was doing. We were on scuffs all practice day. First time in that late model putting stickers on, and it was cold day, making a cue run. I'm about to show everybody, like, I'm here to I'm here to play. I go into turn one, lock the right front up, and stuff it in the fence. Right front knocks Valk, like, big wreck. Breaks the windshield, and I'm, like, head down, so embarrassed. So aggravated, <clears throat> they tow this thing on the back, body panels just scraping the ground, and it 
doesn't even it doesn't even touch the ground yet before dad's got a sawzall out <laughs> cutting it off meanwhile he's like looking over his shoulder and there's probably 40 50 people around he thinks he's michael schumacher <laughs> thinks he can drive can't do <laughs> dude i felt this big in that moment now needless to say I didn't go there and rifle another one off in the fence right front anymore. So learn from that. All comes in those buttons to push, I guess. I tried. <laughs> oh, he pushed all the push buttons. Push the Schumacher button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's like, I want to know, like, when you're sitting on the couch, when, you know, the story you told earlier about, you know, just, do you want to fucking race? Like, what's going through your mind right then, like, when he walks in and has that look? Like, as a dad. Well, I mean, I, number one, I was sitting there, like I said, just had a, it's going to be his first new car. And the thing was beautiful and it was fast. So now you're like, okay, now what do I do? And now, now how the hell is a kid going to race? I, I got three weeks to find something. You know, and this guy, okay, he told you, hey, I got the sister car. You know, kid want to put it together. That's the only option that's on the table. That's it. You know, so when he come rolling, what do you got? Uh, no way it can happen. Why would the guy tell me? I mean, I, I know you just built a new car, but the way you built that car should take four months. You know, because we did it right. Well, not saying that you can do it wrong, but you know what? I've seen cars built in a week. You know, I, I've been part of cars being built in a week. I said, well, that's it. You know, you don't want to race? Don't race. You know, that, that's it. Okay. Because that's, that was the only option. And I, th I think that's like, it's the lessons you learn from your dad. Because like, you know, my dad didn't get everything right, but he had enough experience that like, He's not going to tell me what to do, but he knows that I can do it. He knows that like, I failed out of school. And he's like, all right, you're fucking working. You are going to work right now, work seven days a week, three jobs to pay him back. Now look at you, Chuck. Yeah. And, like, it was it was that moment that I was like, oh, no, I, I can do this stuff. I'm not a lazy bum. And, you know, it was because of stuff like that for my dad where, you know, he didn't do it for me, but he basically said, here, go do it. Well, there's there's some things to be said about parents that tell you what to think, and then there's also parents that t that teach you how to think for yourself, right? A lot of a lot of parents nowadays want to kind of snowplow and tell kids what they want them to do or say or think, as opposed to letting them figure it out themselves and teaching them how to think. But um, there's been a lot a lot of people ask me all the time. It's like why. Why didn't you go cup racing? You had the opportunity to. It wasn't because you didn't have an opportunity. You chose to stay a Saturday guy. Why was that? You and your brother and, and your mom. <clears throat> I, uh, the opportunity that I had with Budweiser uh, was a wonderful deal. I mean, why, why would you not want to drive Budweiser Hendrick car? Uh, after driving it nine times, I said, you know, this, they should win every race <laughs> with that organization. And – the nine races I did with them, the I did like 40 appearances. I mean, you were pretty darn busy with those. And then hanging out with Budweiser chicks ain't hard. Uh, so it's like, okay, you know, and they're like, okay, you know, we'll give you this. We're going to give you this. We're going to give you this. I was like, okay, okay. There's a lot of appearances. Corey, the kid just started to get going in bandos and stuff. And okay. I was like, that, that'll go away. And. And I said, more than likely, my wife's not going to like me a whole lot if I have a lot of these Budweiser checks. Uh, so I, I was also at a time I said, okay, you know, to and I run that car enough that, like I said earlier, the teams mean so much. And that team, you know, even though there there's 300 people there, you're 35 
probably wasn't the right 35. Uh, and I did it nine races, and I was like, man, I, I'm not sure I could kind of do all this with, with the same group of guys. Yeah, yeah, there were some that were good and some that weren't. So I wanted to be good all the time. You know, and I, and I always thought I was going to be good all the time in the bush cars. Uh, so I said, okay, I'm just going to hang out here with the bush cars and be in the top, win championships and run top five. And and I enjoyed that. You know, that that was uh, – and I wanted a day off. I didn't like going somewhere and being noticed. It just bothered me. I mean, I, and I, I was a two-time champion. Didn't get bothered a whole lot. I ran nine times in that Budweiser car. And I couldn't go, we, me, and, me and your mom couldn't go nowhere without being bothered. Just being a Sunday guy. I mean, you drive NASCAR? Yeah, I won three championships. You know, oh, no, 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 you race on Sundays. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, you don't know NASCAR unless it's on Sunday. But, eh, you know, I, I I didn't need all that. Would you do anything different? Probably uh, not in any of my racing stuff. You know, in, in my parenting stuff, absolutely. But then again, uh probably a little bit but not a lot you know i mean uh I, my presentation probably would have been a lot better did you uh did you save that belt from dover and use it on his backside at all no the fact i needed to hold his pants up on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, i don't, I don't think was, i ever got him a belt no it was a ring though it, it had a back hand or back side of the head for a ring you yeah. definitely straighten up pretty pretty close so every uh every guest that we have on here uh, asked two questions one What's the most embarrassed you've ever been at a racetrack? At a racetrack? Eh, well, you know, I, uh, Monadnock Speedway, I'm not sure about Bears, kind of pissed me off. Uh, I raced uh, modified at IRP, run fourth. Flew a commercial flight to New Hampshire. Guy picked me up, went up to Monadnock Speedway, running a Bush North race. Setting on the pole, all pumped up. They Parking areas way down the back, getting lined up. Okay, guys, get in the cars, line them up, drive them out for driver's intro. Okay, well, I'm down there, and I was oh, Jesus, stomach. I was like, oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm in the car. You know, the guy's starting up. I, I climb out of the car, go around to the back, cut woods, freaking drop trout, <laughs> freaking leave my underwear in a pile. Okay, get back in the car, drive out there, last one out there, get back in the car, driver's intro. No earplugs. <laughs> I was like, they were in my pocket. I said, oh, I bet you they fell out of my damn pocket. So I, I tell the crew guy, I said, hey. I said, you know where we parked down there? I said, yeah. I said, you know where I went and took it? He goes, yeah. I said, that's where my earplugs are. <laughs> <laughs> well, he come back and they were dripping. Oh. I was like, well, I'm not going to lick them to stick them in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was like, okay. That, that was, man, I don't get too embarrassed. But that sounds like a pretty yeah. race. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I heard, I heard the squishing all the way. Yeah, couldn't hear for <laughs> <laughs> And uh, question number two. Yeah, number two. If you – yes, <clears throat> that was that was answer number two. Yeah. Question number two is this. If you had to pick one kind of race car and one racetrack to race out the rest of your life, what do you go with? Wow. A good car at Dover. Yeah. Like cup car, and bush Just car. a good car. No, no, you got to pick one. Oh, Jesus era uh you know i mean i i had fun i had fun there in the 90s in a bush car that was a lot of fun twice no no i swept there one year we swept a year i won there three times four times with a bush north race but harry gant taught me how to get around that 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 place uh, harry gant oh my god that's where the beaver dragon story came from tell that one so my brother's nickname is beaver dragon (laughs) (laughs) tell that one okay beaver dragon (laughs) 
He's 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 in a pro challenge car. First no, time. No, no, no. Tell the story. The oh, real Beaver oh, Dragon. The real Dover. Beaver Dragon. With the, okay. There's two brothers. Yes. Two Bobby and Beaver Dragon from Vermont. Great racers. Hall of Famers. Taught me a lot when I was racing up in the northeast with these guys. We come to Dover. I haul ass at Dover. Old Beaver, he was probably 15 years older than me. Uh, and I was young, so he, he's out there, and he wasn't going as good. So all the, guy, all the crew guys said, hey, LaJoy, why don't you let Beaver follow you? They're not doing anything for those guys. They're good guys. They helped me a lot. I said, cat, come on, Beaver. Come on. So I pull I get in my car. He gets in his. We get out. I pull on the racetrack, and I'm waving to him. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. So I'm watching him in the mirror. Come on, come on. So I come out of four, and that's come on, come on. I go down into one. I come out of two. I don't see him. I was like, well, I ain't waiting for him. I, let me go. I, I run about three laps, and I come in. <laughs> I said, what happened? What happened to Beaver? He said, you're crazy. He said, you're driving one-handed. He said, you're telling him to come on. He, he said, he ain't going that fast. He said, he ain't going to go that fast. <laughs> so he tells that story verbatim on the way up to a pro challenge, which is like a three-quarter scale car. I ran it the year before, won a bunch of races. It was hand-me-down for Casey, my brother, my little brother. We go to Hickory. It's me, Brandon McReynolds, who spots Rash Chastain, one of my best friends, and Casey, and, and my buddy Steve-O, who helped me build that label. Stuffed into the into the Dooley trailer. We're going to just go have a good time. And we were cracking up with that story. One of which just like who the hell would be named Beaver Dragon. And also that story. <laughs> Brandon McReynolds just laughing. Well, he wanted to know my first race I won. And I said, I, I won it in the Northeast and I beat the two brothers, Bobby and Beaver Dragon. Well, Brandon just starts laughing. His name is Beaver Dragon. Oh, Jesus. So he tells the Dooley yeah. story. Yeah, so okay, so we, we, get, go racing. we get to Hickory and we're making laps. It's like overcast and 72. Nice day. <laughs> Casey's out there. He was a bit like his nickname was Beef Tips. Uh, he was like <laughs> double cheeseburger. He's double, like yeah. slightly overweight. He's getting in shape now. Proud of him for it. He was he was he, he was thick. <laughs> Makes a couple laps. Comes in. Gets a breather. Gets a water. Goes back out. Like 10, 15 lap stints. Day's going good. He's starting to pick up some speed. Dad's like, all right, last run here, Casey. We're gonna do, you know, 20 laps or whatever. So he's out there, and you can start seeing him get a little wider, missing his marks, spinning the tires. Dad's like, all right, all right, bring it in, bring it in. So Casey comes in there, and he, like, is having he like a claustrophobic attack. He's, like, losing his mind, sweating, pale as hell, gets on the roof, lays out, flops out. Brandon and I are laughing hysterically at him because he's just losing his mind, and he's tired, and he's just – pissed off he like wobbles by us in the trailer and flops right out boom he's got his fire suit down and he's you know dumping water dump, on him dumping yeah, water. it looks like he just run the tour de france and and dad's got a water bottle and he's like spritzing him like this and he's like what's the matter your beaver dragon <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's literally it's, he's beaver dragon on my phone from that day that's my brother beaver dragon so um yeah it's definitely some good Definitely some good stories involved with the Lejoy well, family. As the only non-father on this show today on Father's Day, happy Father's Day to you Thank all. You. I mean, Thanks, I had a father, so but it's good to hear these stories from y'all. Yeah, it's it's, been it's good fun stuff. to watch. I mean, it's it's crazy that you know there's a lot of generations now under a couple of years on him. He had no clue I was a racer. You know, you're a seat guy. Yeah, yeah, you know what? How the hell I did that, Jet? You know I could do that stuff, but to to watch the kids when they you know started ten years old, now they're twenty five having kids themselves. It's like, oh my gosh, this is okay. It, it 
life definitely goes quick. So something that just kind of happened recently, I forgot who introduced you uh, lately and you mentioned something about it, but it's like, it wasn't until recent, like when, when did people start introducing you as Corey's dad? Cause there was a time, like I'd stopped getting introduced as Randy LaJoy's son. So, yeah, correct. Did like, w was there a moment where you're like, oh. when, when it switched? Yeah. Uh, on Sunday. Well, I mean, it's, it's the reason you do it on Sundays. When, when you, when you full-timed it, it was, it's probably been in the last handful of years. It's not Randy Corey's dad. It, it, it's, it's a different day. It sound the same, but it's different. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing, Pop. I appreciate you. I don't tell you enough, but I love you. Okay, Happy love Father's you too, Kate. That's right. I'm sure I have never told you enough through the years. That's okay. It's on tape now. <laughs> it's on tape now. We can That's keep right. replaying it once every 15 years. It's quite nice to hear, you know, Chuck. But uh, <laughs> as always, we appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you rate, review, like, all the good stuff. And as always, we will talk to you all next week. Even though it's an off week, you fathers, make sure you crack a cold one and enjoy the day. You have earned it. Talk to you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>